Holiday Road. Hey guys, it's Ryan from the Moon is Dead World.net. Uh, here again with episode three of the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Uh, again, I'm here with my friend Chris Martin. Howdy. He's uh, pretty much the staple point of this podcast. But today we have a special guest, and it is my wife, Sarah Barber. Hello. She's kind of shy, so she might not jump in a whole lot. But she did watch the movie for today, so uh, we do have her as a little uh, side voice if we ever need her to jump in. She brings the feminist critique, so um, we can always refer to her if we have any questions about that. Last time we covered Terminator Genesis, and there has been some discussion about uh, that series of films that was supposed to be what, a trilogy? Yeah, they were supposed to be making a new trilogy, and it looks like like with the poor box office receipts, they might axe it and cancel it, which... So, terminated. Yeah, Genesis got terminated. So uh, we need Arnold Schwarzenegger to come in and give us that officially, I would say. Gubernatorial... I mean, they made, a, they made a big enough mockery of him in the last one to basically, you know, I, I think he's in on the joke now. Or well, I how, do you think so. he, how do you think he feels? And they probably knock on his mansion door like, uh, Arnold, uh, we have some news for you. Uh, your role as the Terminator's been terminated. He probably said, I thank fucking God that that <laughs> happened. I didn't I want do, to return for two more anyway. I can, do expendable, I can do expendable spore yeah, now. Expendable spore, that's right. They'll always ask him back for that. Um... Today, we are doing our podcast. We've been kind of drinking all day, actually. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yeah. We had steak tips for dinner, which I cooked perfectly. Grilled them on the on our grill. <laughs> it's relevant, Sarah. It's relevant. She's People a vegetarian. People need to know. She's a vegetarian. A vegetarian? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, so we've been drinking all day. We started off with Jenny, regular Genesee. If, if none of you are New Yorkers and don't know... What that is? That is a, a kind of a cheap beer that's sort of like a Pabst, but not not the same. I mean, Martin would probably say that that's not an accurate it's not. depiction of it's it. But not. he's not a big fan of Pabst. He doesn't like that hipster brew. It's not that I'm a bit, not a big fan of it. It just gives me the wicked shits. You know what? We haven't we 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 actually have been drinking. We drink Jenny, and then we switched over to this apple wine that we got, which is from Ashley Lynn Orchards. Uh, they make their own apple wine, and that's from um, the good old New York State, actually, uh, close to Oswego. Um, so that's an apple wine, and it was a raspberry apple wine, actually. Uh, just a plug for them, because that was really good. Uh, even Martin, who doesn't like wine, was, was enjoyed delicious. that. Yeah, it was delicious. But we still haven't had any black rum. Do you even do you have any Kraken left? I know no, you, it's gone. Yeah, okay. It's long. I know it takes you a while to get through it, so I didn't even know. Maybe we <laughs> could just have a shot of that. But it looks like, again, for episode three of the podcast, we're not going to get to that. Maybe next time. <laughs> Tune in next time. Tune in next time. Oh, I also... That, there, was a, there was another thing. I wanted to bring up something before I forgot, because back in episode one of the podcast, when we were talking about um, uh, Day of Anger... Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that we brought up... Remember we brought up um, Deadwood? Yeah. And we said it was on HBO? Mm-hmm. Well, that's wrong. That, we didn't do our... Yeah, we didn't check our facts at all because that's on Showtime. That mm-hmm. was on Showtime. So that really makes me upset. I was listening back on it and I was saying... I was thinking, wow, we really got that wrong. And I wanted to, you know, put out a disclaimer there that we got it wrong. It was actually on Showtime because that... 
that kind of just, it's like that guy that was video blogging about um, one of the spaghetti westerns that Lee Van Cleef was in, and he yeah. didn't know who the fuck Lee Van Cleef was, and that's <laughs> just like, that just makes me cringe inside. So I just wanted to clear that up for our first podcast. Anybody listening who's like, fuck, Deadwood was not on HBO, don't give them credit for that. <laughs> well, we, we kind of corrected that in here, so if anybody did listen to that first podcast, then they'll know that we we generally don't do a lot of fact checking or editing so let <laughs> that yet, be known not yet. let that be known we're not that <laughs> popular yet and we also still have a shitty mic and we sit around like powwow doing our <laughs> podcast anyway um, today for our third podcast we thought because the new remake of Vacation well not really a remake but um, sort of a like, re like visiting in, like in Terminator Genesis remake reboot Reimagining, re-sequel, you know. That, that's coming out very shortly, I think, next week. Or maybe July this tw- week. July 29th. July 29th, so that's this Friday. This coming Friday. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be coming out this week. We thought we would revisit the vaca- Vacation Series, the National Lampoon's Vacation Series, um, starting with the first vacation. So today's podcast is actually about National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. If you didn't get it by the awful rendition of Lindsey Buckingham's Holiday Road. Now, I think Holiday Road is a good bridge into vacation because it is used so much throughout the the film itself. I mean, I think this is like basically your standard movie, an hour and 28 minutes, something like that. I would say that Lindsey Buckingham's rendition of Holiday Road takes up quite a bit of the interludes between each of the scenes, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's used quite frankly. The soundtrack's nothing, nothing like you know, like amazing. But Holiday Roads, I do. I'm, I like Lindsey Buckingham, so big Fleetwood Mac fan. So that uh, that song will get stuck in my head all day. I mean, for the past week, it's been in my head. I've been just singing it like in my head. I would say somebody is a big fan of Lindsey Buckingham. It, whoever made this movie, you know, whoever was was sitting around thinking, let's make National Lampoon's Vacation. They're like. You know, Lindsey Buckingham would be a good fit for the soundtrack, right? I mean, and at, at that time, was he doing his own thing generally? At that time, I don't know that much about Lindsey Buckingham. So, uh, as far as I know, yeah, like he was doing that and Fleetwood too. And but I mean, he, but he had his own solo yeah, I mean, career he, yeah, at that time. Yeah, because that's also too when Stevie Nicks was now starting to become really big with her solo career. Too. Was Holiday Road actually before this film, or no? It was written specifically. It was written specifically for yeah, this film. Yeah, so. It's, I'm sure. I'm sure one of the producers probably called up and Lindsey Buck. It was like Lindsey Buckingham, right? Well, what about Dancing in the USA? What is that song called? Dancing through the USA or Dancing in the USA? I think was, yeah, I think they were both. They were both written for this. I mean, he yeah. gets he gets credit right at the beginning of the yeah. film for the for both those songs, which are featured in the title credits and the end credits. So, I mean, clearly Lindsey Buckingham was an influence on this film in some way. Um, so, I mean. Basically, when you think about vacation, you think about Holiday Road, right? Yeah, it's one of the things. Yeah, that and Wally World. That and Wally World. I mean, and Wally World now has come to be kind of Walmart, right? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's, that's what everyone around here calls uh, Walmart. Uh, I don't know, I don't know the world. Yeah, I don't know about the rest of the, the world <laughs> where Walmart has taken over as a conglomerate, but uh, around here, Wally World is kind of short for Walmart, so... Um, yeah, those are two of the things that I really think about when I think about National Lampoon's Vacation. And the other one is Christmas Vacation, which is my favorite 
I, I would say almost nearly my favorite movie of all time. Um, but especially my one of my favorite Christmas movies. I watch it every year, probably three or four times a year. So, um, and that one we actually are probably not going to get to for this uh, series of reviewing, just because we kind of want to tackle that for a Christmas time sort of thing. It's not really the right time here in the the dog days well, of summer. Well, you could do Christmas in July. We could do Christmas in July. We were coming to the end of July. I don't know if we'll get time to do it, but. Um, Anyway, back to regular, the original vacation. Um, you were saying something interesting about vacation when we were watching it that you thought it was sort of a, a tamer um, vacation than what you might see later on when you know European vacation or or Christmas vacation came out later. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing that we were talking about was that vacation is actually our the only R rated vacation. I think it's more it has to do with the style of humor. I well, mean, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's R rated, but like it's not. What you would expect from a National Lampoon's film, being like, kind of like gross-out humor, you know, more, yeah, I, you know, over-the-top, you know, with its, you know, kind of... Yeah, well, I mean, and you think back to Animal House would have been, would have been yeah. before this, would have been more of a gross-out humor sort of thing. Um, and then you think later on, past, vaca- past the vacations, way past that, you have things like Van Wilder and, and yeah. the, the newest incarnation of National Lampoon's movies, which are really very, very... Separated from what used to be National Lampoons, yeah. they're mostly like frat boy humor, yeah. sort of like pot smoking, you, you know, college fraternity party movies. Um, but yeah, thinking on National Lampoons Vacation, it it has its dark comedy moments. It has its, its very black bleak humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's always like that feeling that there it, everything is really kind of upbeat mm-hmm. and optimistic. And part of that's because of Chevy Chase's character, mm-hmm. uh, Clark, Clark Griswold, who is always kind of optimistic about all of his ventures into the vacation territories. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I think that that's supposed to make him sort of likable in the sense that he's like a family man. He's really trying to, trying to uh, give his kids and his wife the perfect vacation. But at the same time, it kind of is um, calling into... You know, into being the fact that each vacation is going to be probably have its hardships, mm-hmm. and it's going to have those times when things just don't go right. And for the Griswolds, nothing ever goes right. So it's kind of ironic that Clark is always so optimistic when everything is just completely going wrong. Anything to add? <laughs> Anything? No. Sarah's being very quiet. She's she's still timid I mean, and I mean, yeah, he's, not, he's optimistic. In. Like they're trying to go for like you know. The lovable goof, you know. Right. You know, trying to do right by his family, but as Sarah said, he, you know, looking at it now through, like, the more modern lens, you'd probably look at, you know, Chevy Chase's character and be like, wow, what a scumbag, you know. Well, I think yeah. he's selfishly optimistic, though. He's only optimistic because he wants to do things his way, and he wants people to follow him, and he he doesn't care what everyone else is saying, and saying, I don't want to do this, and he makes him do it anyway. Well, you can think, too, that selfishness, too, also comes from the fact he's doing it to make, you know, to make his family happy, which you'd say, like, in a sense, if you look at it kind of just, like, one-dimensionally, like, oh, he's being selfless, he's trying to help his family, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's out of pure selfishness, because he wants his family to be like, wow, what a great dad, you yeah. know, we have, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, well, when we're talking about vacation itself, this, this installment of Vacation, he's trying to get to Wally World. Mm. But when we see him actually get to Wally World and then it's closed, it, it really becomes sort of about him. 
I mean, he he really feels like he's owed <clears throat> the chance to experience Wally World. Um, because, and he brings up that he works really hard to, to get to that point. You know, he's put in all the time at work to save up for Wally World and the vacation, and then they drove all that time, which is actually, mm-hmm. it amounts to two weeks that they said, that, that they actually mm-hmm. drove cross-country to get there. Um, he actually feels like he he's owed it. So, yeah, it seems like he's doing it for selflessness, but at the same time, once he actually makes it to Wally World, it really becomes like a selfish venture that he really wanted to experience Wally World for himself. Mm. Um, and I don't think that the the film actually draws much um, attention to that. I don't think, like, I don't think, like, uh, like, kind of how we're discussing it, it's kind of like making it sound, you know, deep. I don't, you know, I'm, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure when John Hughes was writing it, he was, you know, just trying to make a film as funny as possible. It's just kind of funny now looking at it, like, you know, it is still, it is a hilarious film. It's one of the best comedies in my opinion, like, of all time, you know. It really, really stands out. But, like, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure when John Hughes was writing the film back then, he wasn't thinking about, like, trying to come up with critiques like the, oh, the, you know, the dad, like, you know, he's selfish in this stuff. He's probably, like, it's, he's a faulted, fault, you know, faulted, fig, you know, protagonist, you know. Well, it is interesting how across the, the films, there really is no connection to the, to the families. I mean... Each of the kids is always different in each film, Um, and, you know, their house is different. Like I said, in Christmas Vacation, Mm -hmm. it's totally different. But in Christmas Vacation, it's really interesting how um, Clark actually finds the home movies Mm -hmm. when he's in his attic in in Christmas Vacation, and it shows how kind of strict and, and, um, you know, his father was at that time. and you kind of get that sense that maybe Clark is striving to be something more than his father was. So it's really interesting how you're coming from these movies and you really don't really have much connection. But at the same time, there is you can actually draw conclusions that you know work for vacation as well. I mean, he is you you could say that he really is a father trying for his for his kids, but at the same time, there is a selfishness there as well. Um, and I think. I, we could probably get into the feminist aspect that Sarah wanted to bring up when we were watching the film right now, since we're talking so much about Clark, um, that he's always trying to basically flirt with other women, and that's kind of a thing that keeps coming up in um, in all the vacations, really, mm-hmm. but in this film, it comes up quite a bit uh, with Christy Brinkley, who, who has her, I think it's her debut role, Yeah, I mean... In this film, as the uh, she's driving a convertible, girl in the Ferrari, girl in the Ferrari, driving her convertible down the same road that Clark and the Griswolds are driving, and he's constantly trying to impress her either with his driving or his dance moves or uh, his his uh, his lie that he owns the motel, and even though like most of the time when you know his wife Beverly D'Angelo is in the scene he's acting like oh I love you, I love you honey and all this but the same t- like when he first sees Christy Brinkley on the road you know uh, his wife's like got like falling asleep on his sh- her shoulder and after they just had like a talk about like oh you know this is so nice and blah 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 and you know as she's like sleeping on his shoulder he's looking out the window you know like giving head nods and whatnot to Christy Brinkley's character and be like, yeah, hi. Yeah. Well, I love that, yeah, I love that the cinematographer, they actually have Beverly D'Angelo in the shot yeah. at that same time. He's looking past her 
to Christy Brinkley in the Ferrari. And Sarah really took offense to that later on when he's kind of skinny dipping with Christy Brinkley while he, you know he's he's kind of upset at his wife. I mean, let's be real. He has the perfect wife already. Ellen is she's funny. She puts up with him. She's calm. She's beautiful. I mean, he already has a perfect wife, and I think the fault of his character is that he doesn't see what's in front of him. He's always trying to create something better. He's trying to create this great vacation and make his family better, and, you know, he wants to look better to other people, that's why he lies, and he just doesn't see what's in front of him, so that shot of him looking past his family, I think, is a really interesting shot. Yeah, it's crazy, because he's actually, he has he has a great job. Mm-hmm. He's a, I mean, it's probably not interesting to most, you know, people, but he has, he's a, a nutritional varnish Person. He, does he a, say that in this film? Yeah, he does food actually. Yeah, he's oh. a food additive specialist. specialist. I didn't hear him say that. He's, I just know he's basically like a chemical engineer that creates like food additives to make it taste better or to make it to make it better, less cr- cereal, less cr- or more crunchy in milk or whatever. But yeah, he, he is this. He, yeah, this, this film actually does bring that up. So you know, even though he doesn't own a motel, he doesn't own twenty two hundred chains across the across the United States, he still has a pretty good job, so he doesn't really have to lie about it. But the fact is that he just wants to impress as soon as possible. He wants to be someone different at all times. So, I mean, that that's kind of his fault as a, as a person. And, you know, all of the films kind of bring that up. But in this one in particular, he really is kind of on the border between adultery and... I just felt like he was a lot crazier than this one. Uh, yeah, in this one, they, I, I think... I don't know. Yeah, I think they did... Like, def- a, when I was little, I was like, oh, this movie's hilarious, but now I'm like, wow, this movie is, like, cra- he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he, well... Well, as you said, like, you can never stand probably two weeks in a, you know... Oh, I would totally go crazy myself. Yeah. So, like, I'm... Two weeks in a car. Thinking he's a slime ball, and then I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, I actually kind of feel bad for him, like, the more we talk about this. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> we always see him trying to get it on with his wife, so it's not like he's lacking in that department. I know. But uh, well, actually, we don't actually see them. I'm gonna go I for think it. it does get interrupted every single time. Yeah, it does I think get that's why it's like leading, leading up to him becoming more frustrated. I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's just everything piling Even up. Even the kids get more than he does, apparently. <laughs> well, apparently. <laughs> There's dirty magazines and weed that they, in the parents are stuck in the car just being bored and sexually frustrated, so. <laughs> that's rough. I know. But, um,. I mean, Clark is really the centerpiece, but there's, you know, there's other wacky characters that are introduced in Vacation as well, um, like we have Randy Quaid's character, Eddie, Cousin Eddie, um, who, it, who in this is actually um, in a trailer park and they visit him on their way... He's on a trailer park. What is he in? On a farm. Yeah, it's on a farm, actually. Yeah, that's right, because they own a farm and they, they grow their own tomatoes to make ketchup. Um... <laughs> So it's wacky cousin Eddie, and um, in this one, he is a lot tamer. A lot tamer. It, I would say more well adjusted than in the other films. Um, he has a gun full tin foil hat. The aliens are coming to get me. Yeah, not yet. Anyway, the Randy Quaid that we would all learn the love and independence. Are, are you talking about the real Randy Quaid, or are you talking about the one that's in the movies? Cause well, I think I in this write. one he's more of a, a hillbilly, and in the other one he's a redneck. Yeah, yeah, I so, think they changed that up a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. like I said, across movies, there really is no connection. Well, I was going to say, you might have to explain to some people what the difference is between a hillbilly and a redneck, because a lot of people think 
the same thing. Confederate flags. <laughs> well, to me, a uh, hillbilly is just kind of backwoods person who doesn't have a lot. They have their farm. They're just simple people. But a redneck is like just kind of. I don't know, kind of trashy. <laughs> if we got that wrong, feel free to write in if we offended anybody. I really would would not wish to offend any. Because this one, I feel like he's next. less trashy. He's just more simple. And then the other one, in Christmas Vacation, I feel like he's just trashy. Yeah, like, shit her back up. Yeah, he's just yeah, trashy. That's, yeah, trashy. Well, maybe he hasn't gotten to that point yet, because in Christmas Vacation, he did lose his job. Well, he lost, he, his job was lost, too. In yeah, that's true. He's, he actually moment. never really holds a... When he said he lost his job at the Asbestos Factory. The Asbestos Factory, that's right. <laughs> um, but, so we have, you know, Eddie's, Eddie's in this one as well. And it's interesting, too, that there are a lot of similarities between the other films, especially even in the dialogue itself. Um, you know, Eddie's lost his job. Um, the kids all have something wrong with them. There's another dog that's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, this one is bitey instead of, you know, nosing through the trash. But, um, so, and then all the kids are different again for the, for this family as well. They're, they're not the same as the ones in the later films. Um, so we have that as well as, as, uh, same thing with the kids in the Griswold family. Um, and I think that, um, Eddie in this one is really just a footnote in their trip. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a it's a very quick kind a, of... As big as a, you know, as small as a bit part as you probably could get, you know. Yeah, which, I mean, I do like to see Randy Quaid in a film. Uh, he's a, He always brings the comedy, so um, it's unfortunate that we don't get to see more of them in this one. Well, I just, like I said, I pointed out to you, I loved it, like, you know, he's sitting there, he's got a beard on hand, and he's got like a six-pack, you know, you know, the plastic with like one beer still left in it so he's carrying it around so it's like hey you know don't my beer got another beer right at hand you know do you have a cousin Eddie like like cousin Eddie in the film I probably do <laughs> I, yeah, I probably do but I definitely do I'm, I'm sure I'm, I have I'm, a few I'm, I'm sure I do I haven't seen anyone like that quite well, like carrying beer like that, but then again, they all go for like 30 packs. You know? Well, so, yeah, and then you can't really carry that around. <laughs> you just got to set it down beside you. Or you can, you know, just carry it on your shoulder like a boombox. Boom yeah. So Eddie's really not in there for so much of the humor, but there is, like we've said, a lot of black comedy his in, bits in are the film. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> his, his parts are funny, but um, I think that National Lampoon's and Vacation really started that idea for for the series of the black comedy aspect of it that they're they're kind of going darker even though that it's more of like a, a family oriented movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have um, the dog scene where yeah. the police officer pulls up behind uh, the station wagon, basically station wagon mm-hmm. that they're driving, and and um, pulls him over nearly in tears, uh, <laughs> offended and sort of just distraught by the fact that there's a, a leash dragging behind their car. If you can make dogs dying funny, then you have a solid comedy. Well, they do it, like, a, a couple of times, too. There's uh, the time where um, Clark falls asleep behind the wheel, and he's kind of driving through the intersection, and the guy has to pull his poodle away, <laughs> literally yanking it off the ground before the, before uh, it gets hit by the car. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they definitely did make... Dogs dying funny. Yeah. 
and um, and relatives and relatives. Fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess there's a fine line between making it so that it's it's makes the audience kind of sad or, or think that Clark's a terrible person, <laughs> which he kind of is. But um, the dog is terrible, so they've already gotten that kind of down. It, it bites literally everybody that it, it comes in contact with. And then... I think, and, I think everyone's run into one of those dogs that, you know, it's just nasty and kind of miserable and, you know... Yeah, and that's that dog. I mean, you just look at it and it gives you a, a wicked growl and, you know, bears its teeth. Um, but at the same... And, and then with Aunt Edna, too, her dying is really kind of comforting for the family because they don't have to listen to her kind of <laughs> bitch, bitch and moan about all the stuff that's going wrong. Like um, it, it was it was hilarious when she was dead and like Clark's like, no, she's fine and uh Alan's like, no, Clark, she's dead and he drives off the road and jump out of the car and he's like Ugh, Ugh. I know. And it's really Audrey and Rusty that have been sleeping with beside her the whole time. <laughs> Um, but I think that with Aunt Edna, they really, they went exaggerated on her character mm-hmm. to, uh, of who she is and how ridiculous she is. But I think we all have a family member like that. Oh, so yeah. I think the exaggeration is kind of like what you see in your mind when you mm-hmm. think of that person in your family mm-hmm. that's kind of outrageous. Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you think of their worst qualities, and I think that's Aunt Edna defined is just like all the worst qualities of the person that you can think of in your family and that's who she is and then when she dies it's kind of like ah well well at least the trip's going to be a little bit better now um but just that shot of her riding on top of the car (laughs) she looks like the grim reaper she looks like the grim reaper they're kind of parading her through through in the rain um, the black sheep tarp over her. Like, yeah, she looks like sitting on top but, of the roof, like she's the Grim Reaper, which is like you could say it's like symbolic for like you know. Even worse than that, though, is that they drop her off at her son's house and strap her to a lawn chair, and he's not even home. So they have to they leave her there for her for him to find when he comes home. Is that his dead mother strapped to a lawn well, chair? Well, in his you know, what's also funny about that too is. Uh, Ellen's like Clark. You can't leave. You can't leave him there. It's raining out. Yeah, like that's gonna make any difference now. <laughs> so um, there's that dark comedy, but there's also like like we said before, Clark is really kind, he is a kind of a terrible person in this film, more so than the other ones. Um, we have the uh, the whole sequence where he's in the uh, the hotel and he's trying to get money out. Of um, from either his credit card, which has been declined, or a check that he wants to write for the uh, for the hotel uh, concierge, and the concierge is just really sticking to his guns. He's not he's not allowing him to write the check, even though he bribes him for another seven hundred dollars. So he pounds his fist on the desk, and he's he he opens up the cash register on accident, and he kind of steals that money out of the cash register. You know, he, he gives the check back, I guess. He puts the check into the cash register, which will clear in 10 days. But at the same time, he's stolen a whole bunch of money from a hotel. So he's not really the greatest person in, in this film. I feel like this film is kind of like a cartoon, though, because there's no real consequence for any of his actions. It's no, yeah, kind of like, it, it is. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a cartoon sort of like... Um, the Roadrunner and yeah. Wiley Coyote. It's kind of like bad things happen and nothing really happens to you because 
there's no consequence for it, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, the same thing happens with when they get to Wally World. Um, he's basically held hostage a worker at Wally World with a BB gun, but still, it's a gun that everybody thinks is real for the, for most of the time when they're at Wally World. So he's held a, a worker hostage um, and basically caused a SWAT team to be called to the facility, and yet, at the end, uh, Mr. Wally is okay with him doing that. You know, nothing really happens to Clark because he's just doing it for his family, and and it's and yeah, he uh, Mr. Wally can relate to that, like I guess. He well, sort no, of. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, he sort of does. Is uh, Clark's trying to you know be suave and try to convince him? He's like, you know, haven't you ever been on a road trip with your family before? He's like, oh yeah, you know, two weeks Went to, to Florida. Florida, it was awful. And, and Clark's like, yeah, imagine if they closed it down. He's and <laughs> Mr. Wally's like, well, they can't close the state down, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that is a good part. Have you ever been on a really long road trip? No. What about you, sir? I've never been on vacation How long before have you my been? life. The longest ride? Was it to Ohio? Ugh. The hell was that Ohio? Maybe we're, when we went, we went to Virginia. That was probably longer than Ohio. Yeah, that's right. Virginia. But that wasn't annoying. No, that wasn't too bad, but I, I've been on a road trip to Florida from here, which was like that two days. terrible. A day. It sounds really awful. It was really... Well, it, it's really awful when you're in the car, especially because that was like a time before smartphones or anything, so... So you just... So I just... Yeah, it was just... Played sitting, in Game Gear? No, <laughs> that was after the Game Gear nearly burnt up the car, so... That, yeah, that was after that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, road trips really are awful, and I can definitely see why everybody would kind of go crazy on this one, I mean, especially with a two-week trip cross-country. I mean, the closest I ever came to a vacation was going down to Jersey and my whole family and my grandma for like just a couple of days to go to Six Flags, and we left only a day and a half in because everybody on the trip was miserable and moody and it was hot, and it was, it was awful. Yeah. I don't even consider that a vacation in my life. Ugh. I know. That, well, it, it's really not a vacation if, mo- for the most, most oh, part you're of it, driving. You're, it's, you're driving and you're feeling terrible that you're stuck in a car. Even that, when the, one of the opening scenes where they're starting off on their road trip and they're singing in the car, like, I could feel myself become anxious. I know, because you were singing. I, like, felt bad for them already you and they were only in there for, like, an hour. groaning and... Because that's how much I hate car rides, and I just can't imagine. You did bring up the good point of, why the hell isn't the radio on? Just put the radio on. Well, that's because they like to sing more. And that's like, that's like the worst thing that you could absolutely have on a road trip. It's like, no, let's not listen to the radio. Let's listen to this person sing along. Sing Mockingbird. Or talk. Ugh. Yeah. Mock. Who wants to who wants to to talk oh, or, fine, or no sing? Do it. No, no, no one's gonna <laughs> sing along with it. Sorry. No. This is a holiday road only. Right, I'll be station, J- I'll, so. be, I'll be James Taylor and uh Lindsay Carly Buckingham, and, don't sue us please. <laughs> and Carly Sand myself. <laughs> Lindsay. Come on, Lindsay. Well, that that I, I was reminded of something that we brought up before in the movie, which was and we talked about this before, but when when Clark was kind of attracted to the other woman, and she, 
Sarah said, you know, why would he be attracted to that? And we, we said, well, because we want to see how that pussy tasted. There's, <laughs> there's different, different brands, I think. <laughs> Not that I would really know. <laughs> I don't, th- I don't think it was how that pussy tasted. I said he want, he, you know, he wants to, he wants to, because we were drinking that wine at the time. He's like, oh, you, you know, wants the to flavor. Try, wants to try something new. The you know? flavor. God. I, I yeah. wouldn't know though. What did he say? He ordered fish. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he said she was a pool waitress. Pool waitress, and he and ordered, I ordered fish some for fish. everybody. Yeah, that's. I thought that was clever. I like how they put those clever little lines in there that you know you aren't like that... outright comedy, but. Do you, you think know, that was funny. intentional? I do. As a John Hughes film, I would say that was intentional. <laughs> yeah, I, I, li- I, would, I like that part of these. I films. think I would. I would think that's intentional. But that it was also another thing that we brought up in uh, John Hughes. Writer in this film, there's no redhead. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think he had control of casting for this. That's stuff. true. I don't think he did either. But no. still, John Hughes' film without him writing in specifically, there was a redhead. There's no redhead in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yes, there yeah. is. Oh, is there? Yes, there is. I'm not thinking of it. Yep, now. there is. I can't I can't tell you specifically who it was, but I thought oh yes, no, I know, I know, I do know. The redhead was the airline. The, no, the car rental uh, lady that Steve Martin flips out on. Okay. Oh, I don't remember that specifically. I mean, yeah, specifically then, yeah. I don't remember, but, uh, yeah. Well, no, because that's like, that's like the one big scene in the movie, because yeah. that's when Steve Martin goes, like, you know, it's a PG movie until that one scene where Steve Martin's dropping F-bombs left and right, the lady's yeah. pissed off because he wasn't mm-hmm. able to, you know, get where he wanted to. But I, I, yeah, I can, I, I don't remember that, but I can tell you for certain that there was one, just like in Dutch there is one. Um, which Dutch good Thanksgiving movie you should watch it every year. So it's playing straight to home. Well, that that as well. That's a, also a is good Dutch Thanksgiving. Dutch is Thanksgiving. Oh. Yep, we watch it every Thanksgiving. I thought we watched Planes, Trains, Automobiles. No, we just started that one last year. We watched that oh. one last year. But yep, and we Home watched Al- Dutch every Thanksgiving. Home Alone's got a redhead. Home Alone's yeah. got a redhead. Yep. Uh, the Breakfast Club does have a redhead. Yep. Uh, hmm. So it's just strange that this uh, makes you. Was think, this like, one of his earlier films? Nineteen eighty three. It would have been earlier than Dutch, planes, trains, and automobiles, mm-hmm. and Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, oh. and Home Alone. So yeah, it would have been. So I don't think it was. I don't think technically it's one of his earlier films, but it definitely is an early film, it, earlier than those films that we talked about before. So maybe that sort of imagery just hadn't popped into his, uh, his into his writing yet. But I mean, again, this is directed by. Harold Ramis, so the great Harold, Ramis. the great and late Harold Ramis, um, who probably would be turning. What do you think he'd be turning over in his grave about the uh, vacation remake and the Ghostbusters remake and the well re reimagining? Uh, I saw the trailer for Vacation. I was kind of disappointed. Oh, you were because it's not like this humor. This humor is like you know, well, like it's I... not surface humor. It's humor that just kind of makes you think deeper. Like, oh, that was funny. In the trailer, it was like. <laughs> They're trying. You know what well, I mean? Well, like, well, like I said um, before, like how I said this one seems a lot tamer compared to the other mm-hmm. ones, even though this one has the R rating. But like I said, like the humor's more, it's more black and more subtle. There are some, you know, slapstick and, you know, yeah. less. But still, it's more, you know. It's kind of more, it's sophisticated. It's a little bit drier. Yeah. It is drier. But I, I would but say when, that this one's drier, drier than most of the other ones, actually. But when you watch the trailer for the new vacation, it's that raun- It's coming off of that as that raunchy, you know, yeah. comedy that you know. 
Where it kind of almost seems like, where is it funny or is it? Are they trying too hard? Like, Which one is it? Well, because there's a good good question. Because uh, there's a scene in it um, where Rusty in the, uh, the new vacation. Because it's a, it is technically a sequel. Because it's uh, going to be about Rusty and his family going on a trip to Walling World. Because it's closing. Who he's being played by Ed uh, Helms. Ed, Ed Helms. Yeah, being played by Ed Helms and. In the trailer, one of the things like his uh, sons asks him is he goes, "What's a rim job?" And he's like, "Oh, I think it's where you pucker your lips up, and so you're just kissing somebody with the rim of your mouth." Mm-hmm. And and he's like, and this guy's walking up behind them when they're talking, and Ed Helms goes to his son. And he's like, "Oh, don't tell me you're too old to give your man a rim job." And the guy walks away. You know, <laughs> that's not like smart. That's not like smart. You know, dry humor. It's like. Right on the nose, yeah. You know, like, but I think that's what the audience nowadays are looking for. They're yeah. not looking for this. Well, vacation plays around that too. In in this film, you know, when they have the man to man talk after Chevy's er, uh, Clark's been caught skinny dipping with the woman, he kind of tries to give his son like a roundabout explanation for what happened. Where he talks about she's a pool waitress. I ordered fish for everybody, and Rusty kind of comes back with, "You think Mom will believe that?" So, there's like a... Well, yeah, because that's what the scene in the new vacation looks like. It's supposed to be playing off of. Right, but it's just not as as smart. It's not as subtle, either. It's It's not as subtle. And obviously, we can't speak for the film itself because we haven't seen it yet. But we can only speak of what we've seen in the trailer so far. Well, the one thing that I found funny in the trailer, too, is, you know, Rusty's like, I want to go to Wally World's the greatest time ever had. You watch vacation, they're not having fun. You know, I find it hard, like, you know, 30-plus years later, Rusty's like, man, that was a great time I had, you know. Yeah. I don't well, even nostalgia can do again. that, I guess, but at the same time, clearly he did not have a great time on this or vacation. Or did he? He found magazines. He did find he, he, masturbation he, for he the first time. He became a man. He became a man. Masturbation for the first time. He downed a beer. Um, so maybe, maybe he did have maybe a great he did time. did have a great time. Audrey got weed. I don't know if he smoked any of that. But yeah, he went I mean, on some roller coasters. There's a lot of experience there. Sounds like he won. Got to meet John Candy. Yeah. Experienced death. Mm-hmm. Twice. So <laughs> yeah, got to meet John Candy. That's what yeah, we haven't brought that up yet either. All the guest stars that are really in this film. First, let's start with uh, the first one, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy, right off the bat. Which is funny because when the credits were rolling, we're bopping our heads to Holiday Road. I'm like, oh, I'm like. I- didn't realize Eugene Levy's it's in this. It's easy to forget I go, that he's I go, in it. I go, all right, let's look for those big, bushy eyebrows. And it's got, he's, he'll be in here somewhere. What do you know? Five seconds in, Eugene Levy. I, I think those bushy eyebrows are kind of like over top of credits, actually, over <laughs> the names. So, I mean, just so you can definitely see. I mean, in this one, he's got kind of sort of an afro going on, too. A big, big curly mop going on. So, it's really... it's. I mean, it's it is easy to miss him if you're not looking for him. I and I think that you're you know without I for, I definitely forgot that he was in it. Yeah, I didn't really it's, realize it's, it's a like a three minute part, but it is it is hilarious because he's playing the car salesman and like you know basically a hard sell. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've got um, we we mentioned we got John Candy. Um, who is definitely a featured player in this one at the at the end of the at the end of the film? He uh, is the worker that uh, the security Griswolds, guard. the security guard. They held they hold up and uh, make ride all the rides. He doesn't get a lot of chances to really shine in for his comedy. He's mostly just playing like a goofy, doofy guy. 
stuttering. Stuttering, yeah, stuttering and kind of puckered cheeks. Yeah, but, but he makes me smile no matter what. Just yeah, he does him make makes me smile. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Every time I think of John Candy, and I don't know why, because it's one of his least memorable roles, and it's a really small role. But it's this role in Home Alone, where it's just the guy playing polka in the back. Oh of the yeah. yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, but like, I like my mind when I think He's of the John Polka King. Yeah, you know the Polka King. I don't know why, but my mind always thinks of that. I was like, in Home Alone. I thought that was in Plain Streets and Automobile. Nope, that's, no, that's in Home Alone because he gives uh, he gives her the ride back. To Chicago. Oh, to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, John, John Hughes strikes again. That's so great. He is. <laughs> also dead. Moment of silence. You should see him in Canadian Bacon, too. He's hilarious. Oh, I've never seen Actually, that. Actually, I've never the, seen that. That's the, no, that's the one that. uh, Michael Moore film that's not a documentary. Maybe we'll hmm. podcast that as well. <laughs> we should. It's good. I haven't it's seen it in a long time. They used, to, they used to play on Comedy Central quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I know. I did. Yeah. Um, we also. Um, have for a brief moment Brian Doyle Murray, who shows up as a, he's like a, a tent the campground yeah. camp, campsite owner um, he really only gets I mean that's like a 30 second part I would say but he does get to show up and he, he eats a watermelon like a boss <laughs> I mean if you're gonna I guess if you're gonna be that person who is like kind Being of like obnoxious, stuck in a, yeah, obnoxious, stuck in on a watermelon you gotta own that part where you're spitting into your hand with the seeds, and he really does that well. Um, and it's it's really sad to see how young he was in that film, and to see him now. Even in Christmas Vacation, which is only six years later, he looks a lot, lot older than he does in, in this one, so it's kind of sad. Yeah, I think some... But I do love Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> what was I say? I think some people just, you know, don't age too... Yeah. Are you trying to say Basically? Chevy Chase didn't age? No, ch- no, <laughs> yeah, no. Chevy well, Chase, like yeah. over from like 2000 to now, like went like was like what the hell happened? Yeah, well, like it was like Snow Day and then <laughs> then Community. And where else <laughs> do we want to go? Is oh yeah, Beverly D'Angelo's tits. <laughs> I think you wanted to go there. Well, but... I did want to go there, but Sarah does too, I guess. She. I just think she's. Amazing. That's why I think I was so heartbroken that he wanted to cheat on her because I think I am in love with her, so I just feel very betrayed. <laughs> well, it's it's great that we see them in this one, and we also get them in European Vacation. But after that, <laughs> they're off limits. They're off limits. Christmas. Va- maybe she got too big for that. Maybe she was like <laughs> too big to do a nude scene anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Christmas Vacation. We don't get one. This that's PG thirteen. Well, European Vacation is too, but they got away with that in that one. And then um, Vegas Vacation is PG, so there's definitely no way that they're getting that in there. <laughs> but I do like that line where he goes, do you want me to rub your back? And she's like, nope, I already got my back. How about your front? I just think it's just one of those funny lines that... Well, he's you know. really trying hard there, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's uh, he's going gonna, he's gonna to go for it, <laughs> is what he says later on. Um... <laughs> Words to, words, wild animal. Words to live and die by. Going for it. Gonna go for it. I I definitely think that I'm gonna use that one. One of one can't, of these days. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think that I would be like Clark ever? Like in the sense that I um, like would I like try way too hard to do a vacation? Yeah. Not in that way, but yeah, I could see you doing that. Because I do think you're very nostalgic, and I think you would want to do something like, 
oh, well, we used to do this as a kid. Even though it sucked, I think you would want to do it. Just because, but that's how it happened when I was a kid. And it was so great. No, it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I can remember a few times where I had great, a great memory of vacations. I don't really have memories of a time when it was that terrible, I don't think. Well, actually, yeah, I do, actually. Going to Cape Cod was pretty terrible. Just because everybody really, well, me and my sister really hated it. So that was kind of a time where I could remember the one time where vacation was really a bust. But, I don't know. I don't think I would strive well, that hard. Well, just take, take your kids to the brewery. That's be like, right. Be like, shut up, Tommy. Daddy's going to get a beer. Yeah, I don't think I... <laughs> unlike Ellen, she's very patient, and I'm not. I'd be like, no, we're going. I'm going. I'm going on a plane. Bye-bye. So, I don't... Well, I think with gas prices these days, who the hell would want to take a road trip? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the a ga- terrible, They did show the gas price in it, but I can't passenger. even remember what it was. It was, like, low... Yeah, well, yeah. Way low, but, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> par for the course for that time. But, I mean, we do get to see a lot of the technology of that era, too. Nice computer. Nice computer, yeah, which it apparently can also um, have Pac-Man. Have Pac-Man, have Pac-Man and a GPS. Yeah, which and would be a crazy because my phone can't even do two things at once. Yeah, so I know. think that's awesome. That is Asteroids. great. <laughs> Astro- <laughs> Asteroids is hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, it can have all of those at the same time. So that was actually pretty weird. Yeah, really believable. Yeah. See, well, a, lot, a lot of movies do that with, like, look at all the technology, you know. Yeah. Doing this, that, and that. And That's not actually real. Yeah. Um, we got hubcaps. Oh, those nice hubcaps yeah, with the, the crowns nice on Nice hubcaps that are stolen. Very. <laughs> police brutality, and, uh, he said. Oh, oh yeah, police brutality. He's like, before you can even yell, police brutality, and I just think it's funny because it's so relevant today, <laughs> and that happened over almost 30 years ago, so. Was that 30 years ago? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was God. almost thirty years ago. Yeah. So, um, what else? We, we oh, you got you got the um, the coin operated bed, vibrating bed. You don't really see that much I anymore. I feel like I have a memory of one of those when we were in the I hotel. I definitely don't. But I could be making it up. Why the hell would you want a vibrating bed? No, I feel like I remember seeing that in a hotel that I've stayed in. But maybe now you just don't see those things. Maybe it's easier to go for it with a vibrating <laughs> bed. You, know, you don't have to do anything. Just yeah, I know, right. I don't, like, I don't like water beds, so that would just be fucking... Oh, no, water beds are the worst. I did have a water bed for quite a while when I was younger. Ugh. My parents did have a water bed for a long time. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 years, right? Yeah, At they least. just got rid of it. Because they just got rid of it not too long ago. So yeah, they had a water bed for a long, long time. It twice popped, I think. <laughs> so... Yeah, I don't know if it is the internet that made me feel smarter, but those kids that kept walking in on their parents, I would have run yeah, what's the up, other way. what's wrong with the kids there? Because both know. Audrey and Rusty seem, well, they seem both stunted, and then they do know a lot, like, about and weed, they just, and they like, kind of get stuff, too, so they're kind of... Even that scene where it looks like she's giving a blowjob, they just, like, kind of peer over and they, like, know what it is. And then they, like, Apparently they're okay with it. They're, they're just like, like oh, oh, mom and dad are getting, giving, you know, having blowjob time, so let's give them some space. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. So much space you can give in that little station wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, because you got, every every now and then you've got a garbage bag blowing out of the air, airbag. <laughs> Anything else you want to, guys want to add about vacation before we kind of put a close on this podcast? 
great movie, great comedy. Hopefully, this uh, the remake or the this, reimagining or the sequel, whatever they want to call it. I don't have it. high hopes, but maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Well, I'm not I saying I have. High, I'm not saying I have high hopes either. Uh, but I'm just hoping, like at least, like I'll leave the theater I'm not pissed off. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's a goal. Yeah, as, I, as, <laughs> as Ryan knows, like when you go to see like any kind of thing that's kind of like a remake or a sequel 40 years after the fact, you just want to leave the movie theater not totally pissed off. Mm. Well, we definitely want to cover it for the podcast, right? Yeah. We're definitely going to gonna check that out at some point um, when we get a chance to get over to the theater and actually give it a watch. Um, so hopefully it does live up to expectations or at least manages to capture some of the feel of the, the in the essence of the original vacation. Um which is sort of timeless. It's the ultimate vacation movie that you think about during the summertime, mm-hmm. and they show it on the, the TV channels. Like I think, like USA is that yeah, still on? Yeah, USA. Is USA yes, still USA thing? is still on. Still I can't thing? believe that you asked that. Is that thing still? USA will never die, just like the country itself. <laughs> will never let that go. But um, yeah, they they do show it a lot on TV now nowadays. Um, so. It's definitely become sort of a classic for, uh, I think, for Americans more so than anybody else. I think probably, I, I don't know, it, American America really takes their vacations seriously. Well, it's holidays everywhere else. Yeah, ho- holiday. It's well, the American dream. That's why Lindsey Buckingham sings Holiday Road. It's not, not vacation. Not vacation road. <laughs> it's holiday road. Um, but it has become sort of a classic... Just, just like Christmas Vacation has for Christmas time, European Vacation not so much. I've never even seen that one. Yeah, it's. I think it's really is. I mean, because they never really it's played really on different. TV that much. I think it's really different than the other ones. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I think it's really different. And then Vegas Vacation does get a lot of airtime, but well, just, used be- to. just yeah, used to just because probably because licensing was really cheap for it. I, I would say. But, I can't remember what channel, but they used to play it on. Like, probably, like, TBS, or maybe even back to UPN days. Maybe me <laughs> UPN got a lot of airtime on I can't that. remember what In channel. In between Moesha and Smart Guy. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the channel was, but I always remember, as, like, as a kid, like, every, like, week you'd see it on. Yeah. Like, I've always seen clips of it, and I have never seen the whole thing, and... You're it's not, really it's, not worth it. You're not missing on a whole TV, lot. It's not like, worth hey. it. It's really not worth, like, spending a lot of time on it, but we will. We'll spend an hour on it, probably, or somewhere around there <laughs> for our next, for one of our, our later podcasts after European vacation. Um, so look out for those, because we'll definitely be covering those in the next few days when we... You can't even put your smartphone down for a second, can you? You and your Snapchat videos and... Add her on Snapchat because she's trying to get as many friends as possible. <laughs> um, but so yeah, we'll we'll be covering European vacation and Vegas vacation, and then hopefully we'll be heading out to the movie theater and giving Hollywood our money because that's important. <laughs> Don't pirate. Uh, uh, so we'll be doing that for the new re sequel resequeling of uh, the new vacation. Um, so stay tuned for that on the Blood and Black Rum podcast, um, and definitely subscribe to us on either iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and whatever other podcasting 
applications that you use to listen to our velvety voices. Um, I think we're going to sign off at this point. So, oh yeah, Martin, do you want to give us a, a rating on a scale of 0 to uh, 30 on how much you like vacation? Uh, I'd say probably 28 out of 30. What did we give Terminator Genesis? Uh. That was on a scale of 25, so I don't know how they... I only gave it, I think, 2 or 1 oh, or something. Oh, wow, so the, they're way off in percentages. Sarah, what would you give it on a scale of 0 to 30? Um, I don't know, maybe 24. 24. Can I go with the Conan O'Brien route and say 508? Uh, no, we definitely don't need a lawsuit from Conan O'Brien saying that we, we stole his idea. He can't... No, it's parody. Yeah, <laughs> him of all people should realize parody when he hears it. Or sat, satire. Sat, satire. Or homage. Oh 24 gosh. only because it's not... I don't think it's the funniest film I've ever seen entertain. It was, it was witty. Well, yeah. For me, a possible 30 out of 30 for Christmas Vacation would put... Vacation somewhere at a 26, I would say. 26. 26 out of 30, because I do enjoy it a lot. I don't think it is as funny as Christmas Vacation, um, but it's definitely better than European or Vegas Vacation. So, And it's hard to put that on a scale, so 26 out of 30 is <laughs> sounds good to me. Like I said, you're picking arbitrary numbers. <laughs> uh, no, I actually have a scale that I've come up with, and each film has to be set on a certain number line. And 30 is the one I came up with for vacation. It's all, it's science, statistics, and calculus that you just, you didn't take in college, so you don't... It's like science man? You don't, it's like science man. No, we're not stealing from science man either. <laughs> Alright, for uh, Blood and Black Rum co- podcast and I almost said cockcast or something. <laughs> with Sarah here, it's not really a cockcast, but so blood, for Blood and Black Run podcast uh, and the Moon is Dead World um, thanks for listening to another installment of episode three, where we uh, take a look at National Lampoon's vacation. Uh, thanks for listening, Martin. Keep on going down that holiday road. And Sarah, what? on her smartphone again. <laughs> What's happening? I'm just asking for your sign off. And good night. Okay. (laughs) Hopefully we won't have her back on. We went dancing, dancing, dancing across the USA.